If your tires are so old, they literally remember the Alamo. That's a big oh no. Thankfully, for all your car's big oh no's, there's always a big oh yes. Now through December 31st at participating big O tires, save $70 instantly on sets of four Continental, Cooper, Goodyear, or Yokohama brand tires with paid installation purchase. Not valid with other offers. Disposal fees extra and up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted regular retail price not to exceed $35 per permitted. See store for details. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. The Chiefs wrapped up the regular season with a 31-21 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. And as many were saying afterwards, it felt like the Chiefs won twice. Why is that? As the Chiefs were putting the finishing touches on the victory, the Miami Dolphins were pulling off an upset of the New England Patriots. The Chiefs and the Pats finished with 12-4 records. But because of Kansas City's win in New England earlier this month, the Chiefs earned the tiebreaker. And that means the Chiefs will be the number two seed and won't have to play in the wild card round of the AFC playoffs next week. Star reporters Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell, columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger, join me, Blair Kirkhoff, in discussing the Chiefs on Facebook Live, now presented as a Sportsbeat KC podcast presented by Big O Tires. It's Monday, December 30th. Thanks to producer Beth Welsh for putting in a long day. She was the person behind the camera before the game when Vahe and I chatted with Chiefs and big slick celebs David Keckner and Rob Riegel. Go find that on our Red Zone Extra page. I think you'll enjoy it. And Beth was the last person out of the Arrowhead press box Sunday night. Also thanks to Derek Donovan and Randy Mason for putting together the podcast. Links to our stories can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. We'll be back on Tuesday for another episode of Sports BKC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Well, well, well. Funny thing happened on the way to the number three seed for the Kansas City Chiefs today. Um, they are not the number three seed, and we're going to talk about that. Red Zone Extra, Facebook Live with the gang that covers the Chiefs, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and in just a moment, I think we might be joined by Sam Mellinger. Sam McDowell, I wanted to start with you, though, because you wrote about the reaction in the stadium the moment the number three seed flipped to the number two seed for the Chiefs. Uh, It happened late in the game, as as everybody knows. What did you hear and see, and take us through that? Yeah, just to kind of set the scene first, I mean, the players were specifically told not to try and get updates today from the Patriots-Dolphins game. Um, They were showing scores throughout the the game here, but specifically not that one. That was the only game absent from the scoreboard. Right. 
Um, but eventually, after the Chiefs were up 10 points, at, and the Chargers had, what, a minute and a half left or so, I think it was about the timing here at Arrowhead, uh, the game was pretty much over here. And a player told me, asked me not to use his name, but said he turned to a member of the communications staff and said, what's the score of that, that <laughs> Patriots game? And it was about 10 seconds later that the Dolphins took the lead. And so he, he informed him, hey, the Dolphins just scored. And the way I described it in my story, it was like a, an old-fashioned game of telephone to where it just trickled along the, along, uh, the sideline. And we all saw the sideline going nuts immediately after the crowd did. And I think they probably would have known anyway, although some players didn't know what was going on. Austin Ryder told me he thought um, that they had announced something on, on the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, Charvarius Ward told Sam that he thought maybe a fan had come running off across the field. So um, <laughs> it was just kind of funny the, the way that they found out. But it, it was just it was, a, it was actually kind of a cool scene here um, because the crowd was going nuts, but the players were just as enthusiastic as anybody out in the stands was. Well, and so much at stake just in that one, you know, in, in a – in just a matter of moments, the whole AFC playoff structure changed. Yeah. And, you know, no small thing to go from the three to the two. Um, it's a win. It's, it's, like you won, it's like you won two games in the matter of, like, three minutes here. Right. I look, you were – the Chiefs were facing a, you know, a three seed in a wild card round game next Saturday or Sunday here at Arrowhead Stadium against some team, you know. <laughs> Sam has joined us, and Sam and I were coming up the elevator after the locker room, and – and we were, I was talking about the other games that were going on in the, in the, in the second window today. And I'll borrow a phrase from, from our friend George Costanza, Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. <laughs> I just don't, you know. Uh, the, the, the Patriots are going to be in the three seed. Let them worry about who they're going to play in the first round game. So, Herbie, what does it mean to, to not, get, not have to play next week? It's a week off, you know, <laughs> not not for us. Well, technically, it's supposed to be a week off. I for think a, Sam will probably for take the report. You know, we're going to be writing and working anyway. Uh, but for the players, it's that week off, and that's what a lot of people want. It's the opportunity to host a divisional round game here at Arrowhead Stadium, and it's huge for them. I found it interesting. Sam was able to dig out that some of the players knew, but you know, Coach Reed downplayed that after the game and you know he was saying that he found out because of the reaction of the crowd and he said I, I figured something good must have happened but in the NFL this late in the season a lot of nicks cuts bruises whatever you have it and you saw it out there a couple players went down but they were able to go finish with the exception of Juan Thornhill getting this week off is huge for players I can't is yeah I mean Austin Ryder when I was talking to him actually actually said um, he pointed at a bloody foot and said, I'd like to give this a week off. So, yeah. and, and Kelsey said the same thing about the fact that there are some guys, and obviously 17 weeks of an NFL season, there's some guys that are hurting in there. That's why a lot of, a lot of teams are always gunning for that number one or number two seed because you know you get that first round bye. We, we've been saying this for a few weeks, so this isn't like you know, reverse engineered, right? Like the difference between the three and the two is more significant than the difference between the three and the four. And, and that was... And Andy Reid, interestingly, uh, mentioned the point spread in his post-game really? press conference. Did he really? like, yeah, that's right, he did. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I've ever, uh, if I can remember it? that. What do you have it at? He said 16. I think it was yeah. 17 and a half. Right? Yeah. I, I saw a tweet that it was the biggest by point spread. It was the biggest upset in 30 years. So, I mean, there, there's no way that, that, wow. that you could wow, have expected that, right? that. Yeah. That's um, stunning. I, didn't, I had no idea. Yeah, it was tied with uh, – there was another 17 and a half point game. But anyway um, – this team in particular, and look, like the one Thornhill thing is real and that's big, it's significant, that's going to change how they defend. But this team in particular with any NFL team after 17 weeks, 16 games, 
has some stuff going on that, that they can rest. But this team in particular, I think, has more than most. It's also a shorter path to the Super Bowl. And yeah. Instead of winning three games, Knights have to win two. And that, that's big. I saw a graphic um, during the broadcast. Maybe somebody who, um, you know, who, who's following us can, can repeat it because I, I, I can't quote it exactly. But in the, in the history of this, uh, this playoff structure, it's like 80% of the teams that get to the Super Bowl do it with a yeah. two-game uh, with two games and 20% have, you know, with, with, have to win three games to get there. So look who's joined us. Hey, Ma. Look who's here. Early, too. I, was, I know. I know. 5.30 deadline, 5.31 start. <laughs> We're good. Um, you know, it, along those lines, Blair, Patrick said something interesting in there, and it's really obvious, but it, 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 the way he phrased it almost made you feel like this was two wins for the Chiefs today. I mean, they're a win closer to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you get the benefit of um, – the uh, benefit of the rest, but it, you know, you're a win closer. I mean, I, that, that's got to be a monumental thing. I'd love to find that exact stat about, uh, you know, that that 80 percent to having to win two versus three. So when I asked people to maybe, um, you know, let us know what that stat was, uh, that's that's a call out to you guys to join in the conversation. Cody and Drizzy uh, said we should pay attention to the the Kevin Harlan call. I think we all have heard it, haven't we? That was amazing. What we, oh, the guy's incredible. The guy's incredible. <laughs> Doing play-by-play for the Chiefs while he's here and calling the, the Dolphins the, the touchdown. It almost sounded like I, – I know he was caught up in the moment, but after hearing it, I, I'm, I'm reminded that – he was the Chiefs play-by-play guy for yeah. for several years. Yeah. He's from here. Yeah. <laughs> He's, um, you know, it's, it's, he sounded almost like a like fan, almost mm-hmm. calling it. Well, he was that enthused about it. Quite a uh, yeah, quite a moment that, that that will be included in Sam McDowell's story, uh, I, I suspect. So it is. Um, Jeff Knight wants to know if Juan Thornhill's out for the season. We don't know that, do we? We don't know that. I know there's reports out there right now that the Chiefs fear he suffered a season-ending injury, but. It, well, we could tell that on the field. Yeah, you could definitely <laughs> tell on the field. Left knee injury, could not put any pressure on it, rolled the cart to the locker room, and shortly thereafter, he was first ruled questionable, but then immediately after that, ruled out. And, and again, with seizing and ending injuries, it's always the amount of time from the time they leave the field to the time he's designated out. And Andy Reid touched on it after his post-game press conference. Obviously, he said, you know, we'll, we'll know more tomorrow, and we'll get that to you. <laughs> I, I started to notice this after after you, Blair, but one Thornhill rode in the back of the cart. Never a bad... Uh, Front never, of the cart. Right, good. good. Yeah, that is true. Front of the, of the cart, cart, good. Back of the cart, it's not good. It lo- I mean, it had every look of, of an ACL tear. You know, I think, like... Right, <laughs> we're not doctors, but that, that's what it looked like. And, and notably, um, I noticed this in, in the in the post game locker room. He was kind of limping around the room when we were in there and like yeah. talking to a few guys with a brace on the left, a big brace yeah. uh, on you know over his jeans on on his left leg. And he stopped at Tyron Matthews' locker, and it sure looked like Tyron Matthews was walking him through two ACL rehabs that that he's been through. All right, we're going to quote uh, uh, Robert Nakel, one of our one of our loyal viewers, and, and uh, every participant in the Super Bowl dating back to the 2012 season has been a team that got a first round bye. 2012, yeah. 2012. Every Super Bowl that's taken place since the playoff expanded to four rounds in 19. Oops, where'd it go? You know what? I'm, I haven't mastered the. Um, anyway, you get the idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> good to get the buy. Yeah, good to get the buy. <laughs> Thanks, Robert, for, for that. I really appreciate that. It comes from the ringer, I guess. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Uh, very good. So, yeah. Good to see you, Robert. 
yeah, um, heck of a, it's a heck of a thing to, to not play. It's a heck of a thing uh, also either tonight or tomorrow that five of us will be changing hotel reservations. <laughs> and canceling hotel <laughs> and can reservations. Canceling hotel reservations <laughs> oh, yeah. and applying uh, plane fares to different cities. Thanks to our friends at Southwest.com <laughs> and the ability to change flights easily. Mm. Kathy Christensen wants to know if field conditions were part of Thornhill's injury. I didn't see it happen. I just... It was on a touchdown play, right? Was it on? Yeah, it was coming into blitz, Philip River. I mean, you you wrote a lot about it. Yeah, that, that's how it looked to me too. I, I thought it was noteworthy that Andy Reid, you know, he always does his opening statement before a question, and he mentioned the grounds crew, and I wonder if that was planted, you know, of hey, some people are uh, thinking, yeah. you know, maybe this is something you can mention. Okay, that is that is interesting. He doesn't say anything without. He doesn't the mention the grounds crew every week. You know right. what I mean? Like I, I, I would find that to be a. Uh, a big coincidence. Okay. Let's talk about this game. We haven't, haven't even mentioned the score yet. It's 31-21. Chiefs over the Chargers in a few things. It, it means a few things. One, the Chiefs finished 12-4 and for the second straight year. That never happened in franchise history. Might be Phillip Rivers' last game in a Chargers uniform. After the game, he uh, apparently got emotional and, and uh, for the first time said... Yeah, he, he would consider playing for another team, and that, that's huge. Yeah, that that's huge. Um, I, I can't see him in a different, with, without a bolt on his helmet, you know. Um, and uh, and the third quarter was kind of incredible, right? So the game's, as Sam McDowell mentioned, kind of just kind of sputtering along. It was not not it was it was interesting because the Chiefs were trailing uh, early because of the Mahomes interception early <coughs> in the third quarter, and the Chargers go ahead. So wow, it's I'm I'm thinking, man, this is gonna, you know, it's not unfolding the way we thought it might, right? Especially not the, the way the last two games were played, and then all of a sudden, McCole Hardman returns a kick 104 yards. I thought he stepped out of bounds, um, and he didn't say he didn't when I talked to him after the game. <laughs> but um, so so that happens, and and then Damian Williams goes 84 yards on a touchdown run, and. Uh, those two plays were just remarkable and put you know, put a charge into the game and put a charge into the stadium as well. Those were amazing plays. So to me, tell me what you think, um, Damian Williams' big run, his two touchdown runs, the, the elusiveness and the strength that he showed in escaping the pile on the first one and then running kind of over the pile on the second one, is it kind of a big development for the Chiefs if he's that kind of guy? Going into the postseason, the back that I was—that that was my biggest concern for the Chiefs going into the game was, what are they going to do at running back with yeah. the, you know, the, with, without Spencer Ware? And but wow, he showed me a lot today. He's got since he returned from missing three games with a rib injury. In the past two games, he's totaled 246 yards, 189 rushing, and three total touchdowns. And then to have a a running back like that in the playoffs in January is huge because you got to be able to run the football in the playoffs. And to have Damian Williams, I, I think you called him Mr. January. I think I overheard that in the, in, in the press box because he's repeating what he did last year. There's a, w one thing about Damian Williams, and this, this will <clears throat> always be in my head. When everything happened with Kareem Hunt last year and, and they released him, I was talking with somebody in the organization. I was like, ooh, you know, like at running back. Because Kareem Hunt, that's it was him. Yes, you know? yes. I mean, it, it, you know, they did not have this RBBC. It was it was Kareem Hunt and some guys when, when he needed rest. It's like, you got a big hole now. And immediately this person went into a big spiel about, no, Damian Williams, he's got the goods, you know, LSU, like all, all this stuff. Like, and it was noteworthy also that they, they gave him uh, a contract extension. 
you know, just a right. few weeks after he came in. So th- this is a guy they really believe in. He's he's got kind of the complete package. You, you've written a lot about him, obviously, but he's he's got the speed, he's got the power, he can catch, uh, pretty good in pass protection. I mean, he's he's got the goods. I know we mentioned this in our on our Thursday uh, Facebook Live. I, I was going to be interested in the um, the order of play at that position today, and I and I'm still interested in what unfolded. Right. Yeah. So Damian Williams gets bulk of the carries. Darwin Thompson's the second running back in, and the only other person who lined up at running back was Tyreek Hill. Right. Yeah. At, at uh, you know certain you know gimmicky sort of uh, um, uh, play uh, calls. So what that means is LaShawn McCoy wasn't on the – I don't know if he got any snaps today. No, I wondered if they would have handled that differently um, if they'd known that they were going to have a bye. I mean, if they were in a position to have a bye, if they're giving him two weeks off because they gave him last week and this week to try and get him going for the playoffs. But to me, LaShawn McCoy over the last half of the season hasn't shown a lot of explosiveness. And Damian Williams does have explosion, and Darwin Thompson has a little bit of that too. So – I don't know how much they, they see in LaShawn McCoy right now. And also his aging, maybe getting a couple weeks off, maybe they feel like they'll get a fresher guy in the playoffs. But I still think Damian Williams is going to be the guy in the playoffs regardless. Yeah, there's, there's I don't no think way it, in the world McCoy starts and, over And I don't him. think it's going to yeah. be a committee. I, I think Damian Williams is going to be the guy. And I, I've been, kind of been on that train for a while that I think for them to be really good offensively, Damian Williams has to play the way he did last January. I think that's right. Just a, Here you go. <laughs> Just a quick aside, it does. It, you do see them trying to insert Darwin Thompson into more and more sort of, for lack of a better term, high leverage spots. Like he's getting in, and you know maybe this is again the kind of game you can do it in the first half where it's not necessarily that much at stake, or at least they didn't know there was that much at stake. Maybe it was interesting to me that they continued to try to find ways to get him going, and I don't know would would we see would we see him before we see Lashawn McCoy in the playoffs. I think it's possible. You know, uh, Darwin Thompson's best play today was actually on the the Hardman uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. He set a great block, um, and the whole play is designed for Thompson to, to come around from the right side and loop back and, and sort of set that, that play up. And oddly enough, there was nobody for him to block because <laughs> the hole was already there. But then, he, I mean, he just absolutely punks the kicker to, to spring him loose there. Oh, the, the kicker was down on the sideline after that play. Andy Reid was, like, helping him up and patting him on the back. It <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. It was, you get a heck of an effort there, guy. <laughs> heck of an effort. I, I was a little surprised that he brought it out from four yards deep, though. It was a 104-yard kickoff return, and typically the, the, the Chiefs haven't been returning those this Tobe, year. Dave Tobe's been very um, uh, candid with us about the fact that it, it's based more on just – I guess we should just say the quality of the, the way teams defend kickoffs on based on whether or not they bring it out or not is rather than Team just, specific. Yeah, rather than being exactly how deep you are in the end zone. If you remember when Dave Tobe first got here in 2013, before they changed the, the special teams rules and the kickoff rules, he used to always tell his returners, I don't care how deep it no, is. No, I know. Bring yeah, it return out. it. Bring so it, out. it. That was refreshing to see Hardman do that. Well, that's why Niall Davis, in his time here, had a, he had a 108, 106-yard kickoff <laughs> yeah. return. The 106 came yeah. in the playoffs, right, against Houston. So Patrick Mahomes, to me, this was a really interesting game for him. He played well when he had to play well. But maybe for for my thinking, had, the, had a game in which he would not grade out Maybe as low as he's – he probably would grade out as low as he's graded out in a game. Because the only really the, – the, the great plays that he had, the 47-yard pass to Tyreek Hill to set up the last touchdown, 
the two throws at the end of the first half, the long one to, to Hardman and then the touchdown to Demarcus Robinson. And after that, I don't think there was a throw. He had a few drops. There were a few. Kelsey dropped a couple today. He, he tends to do that from, yeah. from, from yeah, time some to games time. where it's a couple times. Yeah. Right. So, and look, I think the Chargers defend Mahomes well. He was 100, 172 yards passing against them in Mexico City, 174 today. Um, if, if not his lowest, two lowest for a two, full game. Two his, of his three career low games, right? At, at maybe maybe his very two, but right. two of the three career against low the Chargers. Yard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the bad intercept. What happened on the interception? Anybody talk to Tyreek Tyreek Hill. Uh, Patrick didn't didn't address it. It wasn't asked about it. But Tyreek Hill said he ran a bad route. And that it, it was all on him. Okay. So it's, it's it, total it, miscommunication looked to me. Yeah, you had to wonder. But it was funny because the way the play sort of unfurled. I mean, it, it did just look like a complete misfire. But live, it, it looked inaccurate. But you watched the replay. It had to have been a bad route. Yeah. Or, or the quarterback can mess up, too. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not Mahomes. Right. Come on, Sam. <laughs> All right. It's possible. So I guess what I'm getting at is uh, the running back was really good today. The special teams, I thought they had their best game of the year. Um, you know, throw in Colquitt's 61-yard punt. Yeah, good Harris, point. Harrison Butker's 40-yard field goal into a swirling wind. The defense was, it's, you know, what's become its usual good self. If they can overcome the quarterback play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did, I did wonder this, though, to what you're saying, too. I, there was sort of this odd rhythm to the game where I think you guys, Sam McDowell, might have added up the number. Um, by the time the Chargers scored that touchdown in the mid-third quarter, that was a long drive. They had run 37 plays to the Chiefs' eight in the second half. Chiefs just didn't have the ball, and not because they were going three and out, but because they scored well, on big plays. interception and two big plays. So it was a little bit of a odd barometer for, for Patrick today. I also just sort of had this... A little bit of a feeling these kind of under wraps in this game. I didn't feel like they were too exotic. I, I yeah. think they just wanted to kind of have a workmanlike, let's get through it. He didn't get sacked, did he? Didn't get sacked. I was just nope. going to say, they protected him well. The offensive line had a good day. And Patrick made a point of um, elaborating on that today, thinking that, you know, the, the, the line has made strides because it's played together more, right? A little, little healthier for a few weeks now. And, um, it didn't. I don't remember feeling like he got really harassed either. I mean, he didn't get sacked, but I don't really feel like he got pestered too much with a, a pretty, you know, stout Chargers defensive line. Yeah. All right, Sam. I know you spent you spent a lot of time in the um, in the locker room after the game, and as is usually the case, it's the defensive guys that hang out the longest. Yeah. You know, Frank Clark and Terrell Suggs and uh, Teran Matthew, among others. Uh, uh, you know, with every with every game. You're more impressed with the way they play, yeah. and then to talk to them after the game, I just think, what a different, what a different locker room it is with these guys in there, just veteran guys it's, who, who just are just they, they're leaders. Yeah, I I know we've talked about this before, but last year, particularly as, as the season went on, there was a rift. You could just feel it, you could see it, um, and it was particularly with the DBs. And they felt disrespected and justifiably so. And I think they also felt like they weren't being not protected, but you know, put in the right position by the coaches. And and that was true too, right? But they did a bad job of sort of handling that part of it. I think um, this year it's been totally different. And and for right or wrong, I give the lion's share of that to Tyron Matthew. I think that guy is different. I think that a lot of times, like people like us tend to talk too much about leadership and intangibles. I think we can sort of just assign that for stuff that we can't explain otherwise. 
But I feel like I you can see I know it. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the, the difference that he has made, I, I feel like you can see it, and I also feel like you can hear it in the way that his teammates talk about him, in particular Charbonnier's work. But they all do it. And they, they look at that guy differently um, than, than they have really since Eric Berry was Eric Berry. Um, and, and that's been a few years. But that, that secondary is playing really well. And they, they've got to adjust now, though. You know, that, that's a big deal. Yeah, um, you know, Juan, Juan Thornhill's not their best player. Tyron Matthews their best player in, in the secondary. But um, Juan Thornhill's really good. I mean, that was a Pro Bowl level player that they just lost. Yeah, and some of what Tyron Matthews has been able to do this year is because Absolutely. of what Juan Thornhill's yep. been yep. able to do. He, he explained to me a play um, actually where against the Raiders where he intercepted Derek Carr earlier in that game, um, and he broke off. Tyron Matthews had broken off his own route a guy that was heading over the middle to, to intercept that ball. And he said if he had didn't have trust in Juan Thornhill to be there, he wouldn't have even attempted to make that play. And he also said in week one or two he wouldn't have attempted to make that play because he was unsure what Juan Thornhill was at that point. But late in the se- by that point, middle to late in the season, he knew Juan Thornhill was going to be there. So I wonder what, how that dynamic is going to change. And also, Tyron Matthews not really playing safety right now. He's playing up against the line a lot. Um, that's where he prefers it's to play. Like a linebacker. He's playing kind of a slot guy a, yeah. a lot of times, too. And I wonder if that's going to have to change a little bit if, if there's a different guy back there. And, and I, I know you probably got into this, but we saw a lot of Ar- Armani Watts today. Um, and then... Uh, well, Sorensen played more snaps than we probably Sorensen, yeah. but he, he seems to play a lot, I think, in the, in the base in the box, a little too. bit. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder if maybe you get a bye week now, you've got two weeks to prepare for this game instead of one, if, if maybe Kendall Fuller is, is moved more to that position. Today it was almost like it was like plug and play with Armani Watts. Like they basically everything that Thornhill would have done, they were counting on Watts. And he's a little bit, you know, his scattering report out of college anyway was like a little bit more of a free safety than a um, than a box, but can do both. I just he, he had played. You looked it up, right? It was twenty six snaps was, on defense. Yeah, twenty six uh, this before season. T- I mean, yeah. that's a mm-hmm. lot wow. to put on his shoulders going into you know the games where you start determining legacies. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, he's your last defense. He's your center fielder. I mean, that's a lot to, but the alternative is to turn your slot corner, Kendall Fuller. Now he's been playing more safety. Last two games, he's played more safety than than anywhere else. Uh, It's just, they don't have a lot of, that's, it's a a bad choice and a worse choice. I don't know which one's which. Brian LaBerge says that the, the interception by the Honey Badger was elite. Out jumped a six five wide receiver. Yeah. That was a big time play. No, absolutely. I mean, and he's been. That was a play that required like brains and body. You know, like he needed both, and he's been in that position. I think more for. I mean, he, he's obviously like physically talented, but he's. I think he's advanced mentally. I mean, I, I just think for he's sure. smarter than a lot of his homework. Of though you hear, you hear, absolutely. you hear him describe again going back to that Raiders play. And there was another play too that he described perfectly. It was like, well, they ran that play against this team and this down in situation, and that's how he knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. just, just along those lines, it's kind of funny. I've been having this thought that he, in some ways, is Patrick's parallel on defense, right? And yeah. one of those things is just Patrick's. Did we learn this word last year? Idyllic, whatever it is, photographic First memory. Um, there's something. No, there's we something learned, with Tyron. We learned it because you used it. We all had to look it up. Yeah. I learned it because Lee Mont, uh, Lee Montville, uh, Lee Steinberg used it, yeah. and I had to look it. I had to look it up. <laughs> then you guys had to look it up. But I, but there's something. There's something a little similar in in 
in Tyron's wiring that way, and also sort of his persona with feeling like he needs to um, be out there in the room and, and be part of everything with everything else. It was a neat moment today. I don't think they fully showed it on TV, but we all kind of got a cackle out of it when Tyron broke up a play <laughs> on the sideline and he went down, up and down the whole offense, slapping five with, five with them. And um, The guy sitting on the bench. guy sitting on the bench, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it was, you know, that was the offense, wasn't it? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know who it was after the game, because I haven't transcribed all the tape, but either Frank Clark or Terrell Suggs, it must have been Suggs, who was talking about, he's only been here for a little while now, but he, the, the, the swag with which this defense plays, not just individual players, but the coaches have brought it. So we probably haven't talked enough about, you know, Spagnolo and the, and the assistant coaches that are new here and just a, what a whole different a level of uh, approach and attitude this defense has. Dave Merritt is a name you hear a lot when you talk to those guys about like the, the difference and, um, and, and there is, and, and Dave Merritt like has said, you know, the, the biggest change is how the corners are playing. Like, they're more aggressive. Remember how much off the ball Oh my they gosh, were playing yeah. last year. It was crazy. I mean, they were 10, 12 yards off the ball, sometimes even on like third and six. <laughs> you know, they're, they're playing back there. And now these guys are in your face, aggressive. And look, they're different too. Um, I think Steve Nelson is better than most Chiefs fans believe. But Charverius Ward is a completely different player um, than, than he was even in his limited time last year. Uh, you know, Breland is, you know, a physical guy. I mean, they've got more guys that can execute that kind of game plan anyway. When we talked last week, we were uh, we spoke to potential Chiefs playoff opponents for this coming week <laughs> among the Titans, the Steelers, and the Raiders. One of those could still be, sure, could still be a Chiefs opponent only in two weeks. But now we throw the Patriots into the mix yeah. and the Bills. Everybody's a possibility for the Chiefs' first playoff opponent. Well, not the Patriots, right? For the first one. No, the Patriots. Uh, are I'm the most sorry, likely. not the whoever's the six. I'm sorry. The, the six. The that's right. The six can't yeah, be the yeah. can't be the Chiefs' opponent. That's yeah. right. Every, anybody but the six. So that that would be, Bills are the five seed, right? Aren't they like Correct. the five? So it could be Bills, and then whoever finishes four, Patriots are the three. Houston, yeah. Yeah. And Tennessee's up 14 as we speak on Houston, so it's most likely going to be Tennessee and New England. So then the Chiefs, it would be. Uh, New England, if New England, if New England, 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 England lands. or Houston. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the Chiefs will get the best remaining seed. Yep. And uh, and the Ravens will get the worst. Yep. Um, and how are the Ravens uh, doing, by the way? Did they They're actually the, beating Pittsburgh without, um, without their starters. Without their starters. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh hasn't had a starting quarterback all year. So I, I guess just a few days ago, I, I looked at, I, I kind of played that annual Chiefs game where we just think of all the ways the Chiefs could lose to any one of those yeah. opponents. And By the way, never would have guessed like touchdown to yourself. But now, is, is there a different feeling about about this Chiefs team going into the postseason? And you, you don't look at. I mean, you have to look at opponents and how they can threaten threaten yeah. your team. But I see a more complete team going into this year's playoffs than I did last year. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think if you're a Chiefs fan, you kind of want the Patriots to win and play the Patriots here. Uh, you've beaten them already just Yikes. just a few weeks ago. Just, I, I just don't think the Patriots are a great team. 
And I mean, I, I I actually told these guys coming in, I thought the Patriots could lose today. I just don't have actually, a lot of way, I don't have a lot of confidence in what, in what New England's doing right now. The way I thought you were going to phrase this is that one of one, one of, of our us, group, one of our somebody group in our group thought was alert enough to say that, away. but now you're all going Hollywood on us. <laughs> Sam Sam likes to gloat. You got to know that. I, I, <laughs> Sam Sam is correct about something. He'll he'll bring it up. Let us know. But yeah, yeah, in a passive aggressive way. If Tennessee wins and Houston wins, you play Houston, and I think. The Patriots are a better matchup for the Chiefs than Houston is. Agreed? Yeah, I do. I, I think, like, um, in order that you'd want to see, like, at least for me, um, I think it's Buffalo, New England, Houston. You put Buffalo ahead of New England? England? For teams you the, want to see. That the, the Chiefs would have the, the highest chance of the Chiefs winning. What would the, what uh, would I would the, go Buffalo, New yeah, England. I agree with that order. I'd go New England over Buffalo. And, and hear me out on this. There's, I think there's a reason why the, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. And what's not being stated enough is Brian Flores knows Bilicek. And when I think of Buffalo, I, I look over there and I see a lot of Andy Reid roots over there. McDermott, Chad Hall, you know, among others. And they'll know how to prepare for Reid if, if, if they do face him in the playoffs. Patriots are just not the same team anymore. There, I said it. I've always been one of those Patriot apologists. No, but they're the Patriots. No, no. They're, they're not the same Patriots anymore. I, okay. I agree with Sam. Sam, our, re- our resident uh, uh, odds maker expert, what would, what would be the lines against each one of those? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would assume. I would assume the, the Chiefs would be favored against all of them at home. All of them. New at England, home. Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah. just say New England, Buffalo, or, or, or Houston. Houston. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when Houston came in here, I think they were favored five and a half. Now, that's been, what, 10 weeks ago. Yeah. Um, they were three and a half underdog against the Patriots, or three point underdog against the Patriots when they went there. Uh, there used to be the, the three points given to the home team, which has changed a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty similar. And I, w- I would think they'd be favored by at least a field goal against New England and probably about a touchdown maybe against against Buffalo. That seems about right. Six maybe? Six against Buffalo? Brian LaBerge wants to remind Herbie that Andy does pretty well against his protégés. That he does. Uh, but McDermott beat him the last time they played each other. There we go. There we go. What's his name? Brian LaBerge. Brian, McDermott beat him <laughs> last time they played. Dude, wouldn't, wouldn't Herbie just saying that like, whenever he's right about something that Sam does? Like, and I wrote that story. So that's, see, he, Brian read my story. I know they do well against him. Um, okay, any, um, so the regular season has ended uh, for the Chiefs. Any, any um, as, as we, we're all we're going to do is talk playoffs from here on in. But I think we should at least spend a lot of time talking about you know, this team and what they've been about, but um, this season, the 12 and 4 season, that had a kind of a typical Andy Reid slump in the middle, or yeah. it, some somewhere. It's, yeah. it, there's always there's always a slump period. Actually, last year came at the end of the season, and um, Chiefs still were close. To, you know, this close to the Super Bowl, but it did come at two. They lost two of their last three regular season games. This year, it was what was it? Four out of six in the middle of the season, I think. They, it four, was. Four out of six mm-hmm. losses it was. In, in the middle. The year before that, it was that five out of six, I think, in the middle of the season. What has what this regular season been about? Uh, let, let's. Patrick Mahomes was hurt, missed two and a half games, but nowhere near the numbers that he put up last year. D- is the league figuring him out a little bit? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, I, he's, just, he's still an elite quarterback. And is there more tape on him? Absolutely. And I think you, know, you can probably go back to last year and, and see how other teams defended him this year. 
But it, to, to totally figure him out, you know, and Andy Reid is always going to evolve with that as well. So I, I don't think you can fully figure out what Patrick Mahomes is about as long as Andy Reid is here. Okay. You do think he's still an elite quarterback, though? Yeah, I still think <laughs> Mahomes is an elite quarterback. Yes. <laughs> out on that limb? Yeah, I'm out on the limb there, baby. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, look, I just – I'm just not used to – we were so spoiled with him last year, right? And, and – um, you saw the one long pass today to Hill, and I just – should I take this for my wife? <laughs> for my daughter. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Does she not watch? Hi, Anna. Hey, sweetie. Does she not watch? Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, well, no. We hey. don't know what to do when Blair's not <laughs> when, when Blair's not here. Uh, don't don't, don't call for about ten minutes, okay? <laughs> wow. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like we've got about ten minutes left in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say up, this. I don't, I don't think the, the offense has not been what it was last year. It, it's been like a significant seven. Look, a lot of injuries and all that stuff. But even today, I mean, they're healthy, and that wasn't – they weren't clicking, you know? What, what, I, what, I, I agree with Vahe in the sense that I didn't think they were opening up the playbook a lot today. And I don't true. know what the reason no, was for that. Maybe it was because they didn't want to show anything going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But you came out and you said you were playing to win. And then I didn't feel like they were thoroughly opening up the, the playbook. I feel like it's a combination of all these things, but I do keep kind of coming back to this playing the complimentary game a little bit. That happened the last couple of weeks where they were just draining clock in the second half. Today, I don't really quite know what it was about, but it was a little weird to have a 21-minute period where they had eight plays. And that's just that's going to throw off numbers. That's true. Um, so, I don't know. I, 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 I think there's a gear that we haven't seen, though. I, I, I do. I think, I, I think there's some... Uh, some uh, chicanery ahead too. I think they've got they've got a little up their sleeve. I oh, I, words. I really do. <laughs> Kyle Coffee, Tom Foolery, if you Kyle will. Kyle Coffee calls it the chief season was uh, they were resilient. The defense picked up the offense. Offense yeah. picked up the defense. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's incredible. They ended up with the same record as they did last year, but just the way they got there was so completely different. Even though they've got a lot of the same personnel, especially on offense. I mean, it's the defense carried them for the last month of the season or so, and. Um, I think because of that, maybe you do feel a little bit more confident going into the postseason, especially now that they've, they've gotten past the first round automatically. Todd Bryan says, thanks to Anna, we have 10 minutes left in the show. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Is it> right. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm just wondering why your family is not watching the show to, yeah, already, to already know that you're <laughs> occupied. Right. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Um, <laughs> so I can make a couple calls. <laughs> Uh, any, any, uh, what, what are we going to do this week? What, uh, what are we going to do? I think we just all get the week off too, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Recharge for the yeah. playoffs. He, heal get, the cuts. Get our bodies right. Yeah, yeah. Get our bodies right. There we go. Um, no, we're, we're not. How about just a quick, real quick final thought. We'll, we'll start with you, Sam. I think that uh, I, I think that there's a different feeling in that locker room, particularly on the defensive side. And I have spent a lot of time in post games and, and during the week on with the defensive players, um, but th- there's a noticeable change in the level of uh, confidence, obviously, but also cohesion. Um, I think that's been important. I don't know that they'll be in the Super. You know, like it's hard to get closer to the Super Bowl than they were last year with, yes. without getting there. And and Baltimore's still a hell of a team. And, and a team that matches up with some of the stuff that the Chiefs still struggle with. Uh, so that's still a big challenge. But, um, you know, from, you know, sort of the ups and downs, you got to feel good about where they are right now. You going to ditto this again, Herbie? No, all I'm going to say is I remember when I first got here on the 
from the Saints. Oh, where'd you come from? From the Saints. Where we come from? The Saints. I remember a lot of people were blaming me because the, the, the Chiefs started losing and Patrick Mahomes got hurt, etc. But no, how vain of you! In all seriousness. Because I, I can't make that comparison from last year's team to this year's team, but I will say um, from the teams that I have covered, even the first time around on the Chiefs beat, there is a swagger in that locker room. There's absolutely a swagger in there. And, you, and like Terrell Suggs said, you need that in January, and this bodes very well for the Chiefs. He's been there. He's yeah. done that. Um, I got thinking a little bit about you know where this this sort of drive started. It started you know as soon as they lost that game so close last year. and. Um, I, I spoke with Charvarius briefly, and he, he said it was almost the happiest moment of his life. Yeah. Um, wow. And I think he's probably used that term before, but it, it really it, it really hit me. And and uh, and the, and Andy Andy Reid's stock line on this is kind of we were four inches away. That was I guess how far he thought the offside was. So I <laughs> I think all of that stuff is sort of the just the setup to to getting just to this moment, right? It's now now we're here for the. The, the real the real story. That's all. All right, it's good. Go yeah, on. I mean, I, I, kind of to build off that, I think we all knew this team was going to the postseason. It was just about how they were playing once they got there. Now they're taking a six-game win streak into the postseason yeah. with the defense playing better than it has in probably, what, six, seven years here. Um, the offense, I think you're, you're confident because of the history of, of, of us, and especially the quarterback. and. So I mean, I think they're a team that can beat anybody. Will they? Will they beat Baltimore? Will they win their set? I don't know, but I think they're a team that can beat anybody right now. Remember that the Chiefs went seven and one on the road this year, and five and three at Arrowhead. Yeah. they were they were damn good on the road yeah. this season. So before you close out, can I just finish one thing? Yes, sir. I just want to point out in August, before I even returned to Kansas City, where were I you? When you were still in the covered? I predicted in August. A Saints and Chiefs Super Bowl. Yes, you did. The clash is on the way. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's the final word. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks to Beth Wells for producing. Join us on Thursday. We'll be back on Thursday. Oh, yeah, we're doing another one of those, even though the Chiefs don't play this week. I'll guarantee you we'll be coming at you Thursday morning. We'll come up with something to talk yeah, about. Yeah, from a big old tires from somewhere in, well, Kansas or Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> We've been known to travel. So, for, for Sam, Vahe, Herbie, and Sam, I'm Blair. Good night, and uh, we'll talk again soon.